Hayson family, my name is Stuart Atkins. Thank you so much for taking the time during this week to watch the online service uh, from this last weekend. We're so glad to, to be able to extend our services beyond just Sunday morning at 10 a.m. right here in this room, but also for you who are watching online, wherever you might find yourself. Um, ever since 2020, when we started doing live stream services, uh, we've tried the, our very best to make sure that it is the best possible experience for everyone. Um, and as time has passed, we've realized that one aspect of that service is just not where we want it to be. Um, if you are in the room, you may be hearing what you hear from stage and our musicians uh, a certain way, but as soon as you go home and watch it online, it's just not the same. And so we want to honor you as you spend time watching our service. We also want to honor our musicians as they practice and rehearse and play on Sunday mornings to make sure that we are doing the very best to honor your time as well as, as, well as theirs. Um, with that being said, we are going to take a, a short season of time off from our live stream on Sunday morning. So you won't see a live Sunday morning service uh, online, but we'll be in the room. And then the Monday following um, each Sunday, we will have our message only version of that Sunday uh, service for you to be able to enjoy and watch and catch up with online. Still on YouTube, like you may be watching now, as well as our uh, church website, which is ascentcc.org. So thank you so much for your patience as we continue to do our very best to make sure that your experience so watching and being a part of our service is the absolute best as well as for those who are taking the time uh, and sharing their gifts with us here um, in the room as well. So if you have any questions, let me know. Um, but we will do our very, very best to make sure that we are back online and live streaming as soon as we possibly can, as soon as we get it to a, a place where we believe uh, it really does honor you and your time. So thank you again and uh, hopefully we'll see you on Sunday. All right, well, welcome to Ascent, everybody. I'm Bill Stevens. I'm the lead pastor here, and we are so glad that you guys are here today. First of all, thank you. Thanks for the flexibility that you guys have to allow us to take a little bit of a break. Um, and we, we ran through the tape on Christmas Eve. Our staff, man, they work so hard, you guys. And, and we knew when we were coming into Christmas with the Christmas shop and all that we were doing with the Christmas shop and Christmas Eve and everything else in between there, we knew that it was going to be, it was going to be a, a run, a sprint through December, but we knew that we could take a break right after that. And so it, but it takes a church that's willing to, uh, to, to be flexible, to, to give us that little bit of a break. And we actually want to model that. It's good for all of us to make sure we look for those moments where you can take a rest. And, and so the, the staff got to take a rest and now we're back and, and ready to roll. I love what Maurice was saying for you guys that are new. Man, we are so glad that you guys are here. Um, listen, there's no prerequisite, you guys, to being here at Ascent. You don't have to have read the Bible a bunch of times. You don't have to have, have gone to church a bunch of times. The only thing we really hope is that every one of you will, will hear and be curious and join us on this journey. We're all on a journey, a journey to discover Jesus, to discover his love for us in our life, to discover his grace and his mercy in our life, and then to discover how we can take that and, and live that out in the, in the world that we're living in. And we, none of us have figured that all out. We're on a journey together. And so we invite you to be on that journey with us. And, and maybe, you know, you got dragged here today and, and a neighbor brought you and you have no desire to be here at church. I don't know. I think there still could be a curiosity there somewhere that's saying, yeah, we can figure out what this journey even looks like. I hope that's the case and you're absolutely invited to join us on that journey. That's just what we're doing together as a church, all right? It's, it, that's the, the, the series that we're, we're going into over these next three weeks is actually speaking into that a little bit. It's called The Ascent. 
It's a little bit of a play off of our, of our church name. And, and, and really, it's, 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 our church name is, is founded in some biblical principle that we're going to unpack over these next three weeks. So we, we invite you to join us on that, okay? Let's pray together and we'll dig into what God's got for us today. Father, we, uh, we are thankful that we all get to gather together in this room. Lord, the, the, you, you laid on my heart, even as I drove in here today, that you just, just to be an instrument. And I, and I thought a lot about that. And you know, think about the instruments that are up here on the stage, the instruments that can't do anything unless somebody's playing them. Lord, I pray that that I would be an instrument today that you, that, that you, would make, that you could make music with. And I pray that, that each one of us, because of the words that you give us today, that we would dance to that music, that we would grow and that we would step closer to you as a result. So I pray that you would speak to me and through me today as we walk through your word. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right, you guys. Well, <laughs> As, as 2022 was, was finishing, as we we're getting into 2023, I certainly had a number of people that were saying to me, aren't you glad 2022 is over with? People were saying, gosh, you've got to be saying, thank God 2022 is over with. And, and I heard that from a lot of people, not just about, for, to me, but in your life too, you're just going, thank God 2022 is up. And I got to admit, man, if I have to hear the words debris removal one more time in my life, I don't want to hear it. I mean, yeah, there's certainly parts of 2022 that 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 were like, okay, you know, good riddance to that. But I started thinking about it. So many of us say that at the end of a year into the next year. And I thought, but wait, weren't we saying that in 2020? Weren't we saying... Thank God 2020 is over with. Bring on 2021, that COVID and all that. Thank God that's over with. And then weren't we saying at the end of 2021, weren't we saying, thank God 2021 is over with, especially with what happened at the very end of 2021. We're going, thank God that's over with and bring on 2022. And now we're saying, thank God 2022 is over with. When does it end? Are we on our deathbed at the end and we just go, thank God it's over? Is that what we'll do? That's the pattern we're in. There's something, there's something that needs to change. And it's not the circumstances around us. I think the thing that needs to change is, is the way we perceive it. I think the thing that needs to change is our own. We have, I mean, there's a paradigm shift that's needed in our own hearts and minds. Wouldn't it be great if instead of us saying, thank God it's over, instead we just said, thank God that you walked through every single bit of all of the mountains, all the valley, you walked through all of that with us? What if we said that instead? Some people would think, well, you're being too spiritual. But really, thank God that God walked with us through all of it. And then what does God have in store for us next? What if that was our approach? Instead of looking at it going, survived that one, hope we can survive the next one. And that's going to take a, a change in the way we perceive really God in our life if we want to see it from a perspective that I think is much healthier and whole than for us to just look back and say, get good riddance to that and hope the next one's better than the last one. Man, we got to change something in here. Centuries before Jesus, centuries before Jesus, there was a group of people that were super oppressed, that that, that felt the weight of of, of, of 
people that, were, that had taken them out of their homelands. They called it an exile. They, they, they pressed them into other places and they, and, and they were separated from family, separated from all that they knew. They started to come back together. They started to put pieces together. The amount, the things that they went through, man, they were going through a ton. And yet in the midst of all that they went through, this group of people would gather together and take this trek up to Jerusalem. The Dead Sea is the lowest place in the world and, they would, and, and Jerusalem is a fortified city way up on a hill and they would take this trek up to Jerusalem to go to the temple to worship God, to thank him. In the midst of all that they were going through, this group of people would go to God to thank him. And they, they'd make, sometimes it'd be once a year, it'd be multiple times a year, it'd be once a season in their life that they would go and thank God. And in fact, on the way up, as they were traveling up the hillside to get up to Jerusalem, they would sing songs of praise. They couldn't even wait to get to the temple to start praising the Lord for the, his work and presence and power in their life, no matter what their circumstances were. Year after year, during David's reign, during Solomon's reign, they would, they would continue to take this trek up there and they'd sing these songs. Those songs became what we now know as the Psalms of Ascent. In the Old Testament, there's a, there's a book of Psalms, 150 Psalms, and 15 of those are the Psalms of Ascent. And those are the songs that these people would sing as they entered, as they came up that hill towards Jerusalem, waiting to get to the temple to worship even more. And so no matter what their circumstances were, this is the kind of thing they were saying. This is Psalm 121, one of the Psalms of Ascent. It says, I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? Does my help come from the people there? Does my help come from what I figured out there? Does my help come from what I have done myself? Man, he's going, man, no, no. These guys are singing. My help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. They are looking way back. They're looking over months or years, and then they're looking ahead. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon at night. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. See, they're, they're praising God with all the things they were going through. They're praising God, and they're saying, the Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go both now and forevermore. See, it was a group of people that were saying yes to, to, to this adventure that is walking with the Lord. They were saying yes to, to an unpredictable life with no guarantees of it being easy. But they were saying yes to saying, but you are present and I'm leaning on your power and they would do it over and over again. They would sing it once and then go through a bunch of stuff and sing it again. And they'd keep doing that. That was the adventure of stepping into this life with God. Now let's fast forward a couple of centuries. A few more centuries go by and Jesus comes along. And he looks at a group of weary people. A group of people who have grown tired over time. And he's going, man, I need to re-invite you to this adventure. And he goes to his disciples and to some other people around him. He says, hey, come and follow me. 
Come and follow me. And I love that their response was, well, where are you going? And I love this so tender. He's going, come and see. It's the great invitation to the adventure. He's saying, come and see. Come and see what, what, what I have for you. Come and see this adventure that is me walking with you through all that you've got. And the one thing you just got to know is I need you to let me lead you in that. That's it. Come on this adventure and let me lead you. And so he says this in Matthew 17. He says, Jesus went to work on his disciples. Anyone who intends to come with me to take that on has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. See, this is absolutely key. If we're going to change the paradigm, if we're going to change the, the way we see it, and we, we, and, and we stop looking at it going, I'm just trying to survive it, and what's God for, got for me next? If we're going to change that, we have to recognize something. God's in the driver's seat. And if we let him be in that driver's seat, then maybe all of a sudden you're starting to go, all right, all right, I'm, I'm going where you have me go. And even in the hardest stuff, I'm there with you. Because look at what he says next. He says, don't run from suffering, embrace it. He's going, man, I'm not going to guarantee that it's going to be easy. But he says, follow me and I'll show you how. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way, my way to finding yourself, your true self. See, I'm going to give you a different way to see life. Not to get through it but to th thrive in the midst of it. Now for me, 23 years old, or me in my early 20s, I remember when I first found that call or heard that call and said, come and see, and I responded. Early in my 20s, when I was about a junior at University of Washington, it was, it was finally putting all the Catholic pieces together. I didn't understand all that stuff from my background and finally putting it all together to a moment where I said yes to Jesus. And that was a saving moment. Paul says, if you confess with your mouth that he is Lord and believe in your heart that he's risen from the dead, then you shall be saved. And that was a moment for me when I said yes to Jesus. But, but to say you are the Lord of my life. I'm ready to follow. That was a little bit different. That took a little bit more time. You know, I, was, I started getting into a Bible study and I started, I went on a couple of mission trips and, and I was going to our college ministry and those kinds of things. But still, I knew that a lot of my life was, was, not, was not stepping into that place where I'm going, Jesus, this is yours. And so one day, Jackie and I just recently talked about this. One day um, I went and I told some of you guys this story. I went down to, to Santa Clara to see my old high school girlfriend. And, and, uh, and we, our whole goal in going to see her was just to rekindle all the stuff that we were doing in high school. And so, so you know, we went, I went down there and, and, and yeah, that's, that's what I wanted. And, and, and that was the road I was finding myself on. But then I found myself in this kind of, in this moment where I'm going, okay, which road am I really going to want to be on here? You know, this road is fun. There's a, there's a passage in Hebrews that says, Moses chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. And, 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 and this road is, was enjoying the pleasures of sin for a short time. And so I'm going, gosh, that, that, do I, I had to really weigh it. Which, am I going to finally do this? 
And, and in, in that moment, I left her dorm room and I walked on the campus and I've told some of you that I, that I listened to a saxophonist playing on the eighth floor of a dorm that was playing Amazing Grace that was echoing through the corridor and Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. And I'm like, he is playing just for me. And then I get to the steps of the chapel at, at Santa Clara and the, and the chapel doors were locked and I sat outside those doors bawling, crying into my hands and finally saying to Jesus, I think I want this. I'm going to choose this, this road. I'm going to choose you to lead me. I'm going to give up the steering wheel. And I'm going to let you take where, me wherever I'm going to go. It was a significant single moment in my life at 23 that I'm going, yeah, I'm going to do this. And so I, I step in, into that. And, and what's beautiful about making that decision, what's beautiful about it is we have no idea really where, what we're stepping into. It's not, you don't have, to have it all figured out and then step into the journey. Man, you step into the journey and then you start to discover. You start, it's like, a, it's like hiking in the Rocky Mountains. You know, when you, when you go on hikes in the Rocky Mountains and you, maybe you're on a new trail and you come up to, uh, around this turn from the trail and you see this lake that you didn't know was going to be there. And the lake has just got the reflection of the mountains and the trees right there with it. You're just looking at it, your jaws drop going, I did not expect that on this little trail. And that's the, that's the hike, the ascent that we're on, that we're on this adventure with Jesus. And all of a sudden you come up to a lake of God's love and you're going, that's God's love. Didn't know that when I made that decision in Santa Clara. But man, that's God's love. And you discover it as you're on that journey. You, you, you keep going on a trail. Good friends of our, John, John and Linda Saval, they have a cabin near Sedalia. And we go on this hike all the time. On this, up, there's a rock that is a, well, I won't talk about the rock. It looks funny. It looks like a human body part. But we go past that. And we get to, we get to this bluff. And when we get to the bluff, you look down into a valley and you just see the trees and the rock outcroppings and the, the Platte River down below and the mountains. And you're just like, you're just in awe of it. You come to that bluff and you just, your jaws dropped. You didn't expect that part the first time you went on that hike. And that's part of the adventure that you go on the adventure and you're not expecting to come across God's peace or his patience or his forgiveness or his goodness. And you, and you see that and your jaws drop just going, man. Um, I didn't know that was part of this adventure, but man, I'm discovering that. There was a hike that, that I went on way back when I was in Washington in the Cascade Mountains. And the Cascades are different than here in the Rockies because in the Cascades, man, the, the trees are super thick and it's hard to even find a trail. And we were blazing our own trail through the, through the Cascades. And we get down to a river. We're about a mile and a half from the, from the cabin. And the cabin's on the other side of the river. And the, and the bridge is like three miles down. So we thought, let's just go down the river and maybe we'll cross it somewhere. And so we're, we're, we're down there in the river and we're jumping through it, jumping from rock to rock, going up to our waist. And eventually we're up to our shoulders in the water and, we cr and we're crossing the river. And we get to the other side and we get to the cabin. It was probably stupid. You know, you're probably going, you guys are lucky you didn't die. We probably were, but, but any, when we got to the cabin, we're just going, that was the most exhilarating hike I've ever been on. I did not expect it. I didn't know what was coming around the, around the corner. And when you take that adventure, you don't know what's coming around the corner. You just go, man, I just want to be in that river and Jesus, take me wherever you're going to take me. And there's something so beautiful about stepping into that adventure and saying, yes, yes, you lead me. But you guys, that was 23. 
Things change. And my question is, that decision when I was 23, does that also apply when I'm 53? See, we go through seasons of life. You, go, you have your 20s, you have your teens, you have your school years, you have, you have your years, your seasons of singleness. And for some of you, that singleness has been your, your whole life so far. You have seasons of, for some, they got, you get married. You have seasons of life without children. You have seasons if you're blessed to have kids. Maurice and Aisha are stepping into that season of life with little kids. You have seasons of raising middle schoolers. You got seasons of, of, of high schoolers. You got seasons of empty nests. You got seasons of raising your adult children. No one told me that's the hardest season. But you have that season. You got seasons of grandchildren, which is beautiful. You got seasons of a difference in your job and a different place in your job or no, no employment or a new level of employment. You got seasons of retirement. And with each season, you have to make a decision. Am I going to let him lead? You, that same decision I was making at 23 in Santa Clara, I can't just assume that that's, this, that's where I'm at at 33. I can't assume that's where I'm at at 53. I got to re-up. I got I to look at it again and say, at this point now, do I, do I want him to lead me? When you look back at Peter, when Jesus first calls Peter to this adventure and he says, hey, drop your nets and follow me and I'm going to make you fishers of men. Peter dropped his nets and followed him. But when Jesus lived and died and rose from the dead and appeared before them, he went to Peter after he denied him three times and said, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And Peter says, yes. And he says, all right, let's go love the world together. And Peter, and Peter had to make a decision. He had to re-up. He could have just kept going, you know what? You're leaving. You're ascending into heaven. You're leaving us this Holy Spirit that I don't get. I don't know if I want to do this. He had to make a decision in that moment. Do I want to do this again? With each season of your life, and maybe it, maybe it, you, it triggers by a year. 2022 is over and 2023 is in. Each one of you are in a season right now. And maybe a decision that you made back in high school or middle school, you need to relook at again today. And with that same weighing them, you have to decide, do I want to do this again? Do I want to take this adventure again? Because you know as well as I do, the older we get, the more we want control of the wheel of the car. You know it. As the old, and when we get older, we're saying, I don't know, God. I think I'll take it. Gordon McDonald talks about the first, the sames, and the last. You, you go through your first house, your first car, your, 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 your first love that you've had. You, you, know, your, you go through first, and then you go through the sames. Same house, same car, same wife, same. You go through the sames, then you go through your last. This is my last house and my last car. And he says we all have in each of those seasons decisions we need to make on how we want to live in that time. And he warns us mostly of the time in the sames. Because those times in the sames, when you're going through that, it's easy for you to start to go on, you know what? It's time for me to start driving. I was naive. I was, I, I, I was idealistic. It's time for me to take it. And we have to make that decision. 
you with young kids, who's really truly the Lord of your life and who's leading it? And what's that look like for you in your life? You're stepping into empty nests. What's that look like in your life? You ready to just go, I, I don't like the direction you have led. Time for me to do it on my own? Or are you saying, no, Jesus, I want you to lead me. For Jackie and I, we're 53. And we're in this season of our 50s. And we have to make the decision. Are we ready to re-up again? And say, Jesus, take us wherever you want us to go and show us a lake and show us a valley, show us a river. Are we ready to do that? Now you guys are saying, well, you better be. You're leading our church. But, but listen, there's a lot of people that can be in this position and rely heavily on, on past success and natural ability and still say no to lead me. And I know that and I've seen it and I've walked with our, my friends that have gone through it. And I wanna tell you, for Jackie and I, we're saying yes. I wanna know what life looks like in our 50s with you leading us. What's this season of life look like for us? And so we're saying, we're saying I'm re-upping again. Now, now I, sometimes I wish the story would end there, but it doesn't because Jesus looks at us and also says this. He says, all right, I, I love that, that you are, but you've picked up some things along the way. It, you, you, you're a little heavier than you were when you were 23, <laughs> which is true. <laughs> but you're, you're carrying more weight than, you sh than I want you to be carrying. Your baggage that you have is going over the 50-pound limit or the 20-pound limit if you're flying frontier. If you're, <laughs> it's gone over the limit and you're paying a price. And so I need access to your luggage. And he knows I'm a notorious overpacker. He knows I am. I, I, I pack way too much. I bring too much on this adventure. And he knows that he wants at that. I got to tell you this. I got to tell you. I got to show you, tell you a little bit of what happened to me. Maurice told you what happened to him on Christmas and Christmas break. I got to tell you what happened to me because it was, it was uh, the, so overpacking. Okay, here's what happened. Christmas Eve happens. We're here at the church and everything is great. We go home. We're planning on going up to Spokane for Christmas and we're going to fly out on Christmas night, okay? So, so here's the deal. On Christmas Day, we're packing all of our stuff. It's me and Jackie and Maggie and Abby. Those are the four of us living at home. We're going up to Spokane because that's where Ella and Justice are at with our, with our granddaughter, Allie. And, and, and then Emily and Jack are coming from Richland, Washington with, their two grand, with our two grandkids, Dean and, and Bryn. And they're all, all coming together into Spokane. And so here's what I got to do. We're going to recreate Christmas morning in Spokane. I'm bringing gifts for Jackie, for Maggie. For, we're bringing gifts for me and Jackie and Maggie and Abby and Jack and, and Ella and Emily and Justice and Allie and Bryn and Dean and my parents and my brothers and their families. And so we just said, let's just bring it all. Come on, we're going to do this. And so here's what we did. We brought it all. Move that out of the way. We brought it all. So we packed. We packed our two biggest suitcases. The one good thing about being up in Spokane when the fire happened is that we all still had our suitcases. So <laughs> none of those burned. So, so, we, so we brought, we packed eight bags of stuff. Got them all into the truck. Why did we pack eight bags for four of us? Because we're flying Southwest Airlines and that's two bags a piece for free. 
packed it all up, put it in the truck. At 10 o'clock that night, after 40 delays, our flight is leaving at 2.35 in the morning. And so we are packed up on Christmas night, all the stuff in the truck, driving to the airport. One last time, I look at my phone, canceled. Canceled. My girls are crying in the back of the truck. They're going four days from that stupid fire. They're feeling all of that emotion. Just want to go up to Spokane and celebrate Christmas. And they're, we're, we're all just going, now what do we do? We get, I dr- turn around, drive back to our house, and I turned around to those girls and I said, I'm getting you to Spokane and we're going to be there tomorrow. So here's what we did. I said, you got 15 minutes to get ready for a road trip because we're going. Blizzard in, in, in Wyoming, avalanche warnings in Montana. We're going. The truck we're driving doesn't have good brakes. I know I need to fix that. So we have to instead get into the Camry, okay? Because that's our, our, our car, okay? The Camry with these bags. We take the three little ones, stick them in between the seats so the girls can't even see each other. They're stacked up. We take the big ones, Jackie and I, at 11 o'clock at night on Christmas night or in our driveway, unzipping all the bags and shoving the stuff in the, into, the, into, the, uh, into the trunk. Just jamming stuff in. It looked like we were going to the Goodwill. We had stuff just falling out, nothing in suitcases. Everything's jammed in there. We're getting it all in. And this was the last bag. It's mine. And I know that I'm going, I know how much stuff is in this stupid bag. I packed 20 pairs of underwear for the five days. Just in case I soil them four times in a day. Which I'm 53. So so I pack all this stuff and I know what's in there and there's no more room. And I'm going, I have so stinking overpacked. So I had to go through it all and take a few things out. And we ended up getting there the next day in the afternoon. We got to Spokane. I cried coming off the freeway. Could not believe we made it. Uh, and then had to drive back. So, so, but you guys, Jesus is saying, you, you overpack, you've brought stuff along in your 40s and 50s and 60s. And I, I just need you to lighten that load. If we're going to go on this adventure together, lighten the stinking load. And so he said, will you let me have access to it? I think I'm upside down. Yeah, I was upside down. He says, will you let me have access to the stuff in your bag? And so he says, Bill, you have been you've been carrying an anxiousness and you know it's gotten worse over time. You know that when your kids have moved away, now you're super anxious about their lives. My daughter bought a hundred year old home in Spokane and her pipes are freezing easy and I'm anxious about every bit of it. I'm anxious about the things here at work. He says, you know what? You're carrying, that's a weight that's putting you over the limit. It's paying a price. Will you let me have access to it? He says, since Jim has stepped away from our church, he was the guy that co-founded Ascent Church with me. He says, busyness, you have been busy and over busy. And in this next season, will you lighten some of that load? 
Will you help me have access to that? I don't want you to fix it before you start the adventure. You'll never start. But in going on the adventure, will you let me have access to your luggage and figure out what you're, what you're carrying, your control, and your desire to want to know exactly what's going to happen next, approval, and your hope that other people will approve what you're doing and the decisions you're making. And now let's just move into some other ones that some of you guys have, have, have struggled with. Trust issues. He might be saying to you, you know what, I need you to trust me. And I know that that's carrying a weight when you're there, lack of trust. Apathy. For some of you, you're still struggling post-COVID with the apathy that, you, that you're going, man, I know I'm living with that and I've done nothing to fix it. I've done nothing to change it. You're carrying that weight. Some of you, it's a critical spirit. Here's, I love what Andy Stanley says. He says, we can, we can shift it into drive for our life and sometimes we can shift it into neutral and we have a rear view mirror of what we've seen in our past. The one thing we don't have is a reverse. We can't go back to your 20s and do it over again. This is the season you're in. You can't go back with your young kids and have it over again. That's the season we're in. And, and, and for some of you, this season is marked by a critical spirit. Maybe you're in your 60s and it's that season of life and you've gone just, just a little bit rough around the edges and it's a critical spirit. And Jesus is saying, I want to take you on an adventure and I don't want this to weigh you down. Will you let me have access to the things that you have become so stinking critical about? Will you let me have access to that because I want to lighten that load? For some of you, it's, it's perfectionism. And I purposely did this on a brown piece instead of the lighter pieces and, and, I, and I purposely messed it up and put ism on the side because you guys that are perfect, it's bothering you. But Jesus is saying, look, that perfectionism that you're trying to live your life with is affecting your relationships with others and it's affecting your relationship with me because you want so desperately to have a perfect faith and there's no such thing as a perfect faith. And it's driving you nuts when you have any amount of doubt. And I'm telling you that I'm here to meet you in your imperfection of your faith. Will you let me have access to the things that are weighing you down? For some of you, it's guilt. He's going, man, I went to a cross. I went to the grave. I conquered the grave to forgive you for that thi those things that you have carried and you continue to carry in your life. He's going, will you listen to my words? Listen to what it says. He says, praise the Lord, my soul, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. He's saying, man, you're carrying a weight. Let me have access to it. You can't fix that guilt right now. Let me have access to it so that guilt becomes forgiveness and you realize it and it lightens the load. For some of you, it's anger. And you're carrying a, an anger and you can't get rid of it. And, you know, Paul says, Paul says, don't stay angry. Don't go to bed angry. Don't give the devil that kind of foothold in your life. He's saying, it's way, the devil will weigh down your luggage. Don't let him, don't let him weigh it down. And when you say, and this is key for all of these things, when you say, that's just mine, I'll deal with it. Know that you're not the only one dealing with it. The people that are closest to you are dealing with it too. 
You think that you're keeping that anger from your spouse? She sees it. And every time she has to avoid that topic, avoid that conversation, tiptoe around something, she's carrying that anger too then. And so don't think this is just you and I can just deal with it myself. Jesus is going, I need to lighten that load for you and I need to lighten the load for somebody else that's carrying some of your anger. See, I've got an adventure for you, he's saying. And this stuff is weighing you down. Isaiah 57 says, I have seen their ways, but I will heal them. I will lead them and repay them with comfort. Jesus says it this way, my yoke is easy and my burden, it's light. And that's the adventure I want you to go on with me. And so all those things that are weighing you down on that, as you make this decision to say, yes, lead me to this next part of this adventure, all those things that are weighing you down, he is saying, my yoke is easy and my burden's light. We're meant to walk lightly into the next adventure. I love how Eugene Peterson paraphrases this in the message. He says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me. Here's the invitation, you guys. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace, which I love when you look at this stuff. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. None of that stuff is grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and you'll learn to live lightly. Look, you guys, you can choose to do this on your own. You can choose to carry all the weight that you want to carry. You can say, I'm going to drive myself. I think I got a better plan. And my guess is at the end of 2023, you will say, thank God it's over. And I'll bring on 2024. I hope it's different. And you will be exhausted. What I want to do in my life in this next season at 53, our 50s, Jackie and me, I want to discover lakes. I want to see God's love in a way that I've never seen it before. I want to come up to a bluff and, and experience his peace and his patience and his kindness and the goodness that I learned about him in 2022. I want to look out there and just go, I'm discovering something new in this journey with you. I want to jump into a river and go wherever God has for us. And instead of the anxiousness being the thing that defines that season, I want it to be trust in it. God, that's going to take me down a river that I don't know where the finish line is of it, but man, is it going to be exhilarating along the way. And when I get done, I want to climb a mountain. And while I'm climbing and I want to sing out a song of praise that God met me 
in this season of life. Thank God he did through the very, very best of grandchildren and all of that to the hardest stuff of seeing family moving away and whatever's next for Jackie and me with the house and the rebuild and all. I want to be able to look at that and say, thank you, Jesus, for inviting me on this adventure and you met me in it. And what's the next one? That's the invitation he's given to every single one of us. Let's, let's climb that mountain and sing praise to the Lord for what he's doing in our life. Father, I pray that, that every single one of us have a season that we're in right now. We all have a season. Some of us at one point made a decision to follow you in a season. But in the same way, Peter looked at you and said, yes, Jesus. And you said, let's go love the world. God, I pray that each one of us in this moment right now would, would say, I hear your invitation. I weigh all of it. Jesus, I want to follow you. Help us in that decision. And then with all of the weight we carry, we pray that you would walk with us, unzip the luggage every once in a while. Give us people that will help us to see it and then work in those areas so that we can lighten the load. It's in your name we pray, amen.